This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations of people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from, I think he calls it Q, Dunedin, Steve Prescott. Cavisham, Dunedin. (laughs) (laughs) How has your bubble life been? Um, Yeah, I I guess for me, uh, things have changed dramatically over the past uh, a year. Um, I was uh, at the start of lockdown. I was in Ashburton, and um, yeah, we got some <coughs> some bad news. Fiona um, had a serious uh, illness, and we needed to get her operator on. Um, and that happened to be in the second week of lockdown. So yeah, so uh, I couldn't go and see her in hospital I couldn't I could take her to hospital but that was it and then she was in hospital by herself for 14 days and the only sort of contact I had with her was uh, through phone or through the, the hospital and the nurses that were looking after her so yeah that that took a, a big toll on me um, not being able to be there uh, at the, you know that sort of time when, when Fiona needed support and those sorts of things so yeah, I, I really struggled with that. Um, couldn't really understand the reasoning behind it, but you know, you you did what you had to do. So yeah, so I spent 14 days at home um, all alone and uh, just worried about her more than anything. Um, then when the day I could go and pick her up, I did and brought her back home. And yeah, so we were in our bubble for quite some time. And during that time, we made some pretty life-changing decisions about what we were going to do and where we were going to go and and uh, we, we decided that it was time for us to come back home and uh, uh, be closer to friends and family and um, yeah um, and we both really enjoyed Dunedin so yeah so I resigned from my role in Ashburton and then uh, we came down here in August last year is still recovering from um, her operation um, and uh, yeah it's it's a daily struggle with her which is I find hard to deal with um, she, you know some days she has fantastic days and then other days she has really bad days but uh, yeah um, but it is so nice to be back in Dunedin with the family and all, all the all the friends and um, support that we have down here so uh, yeah um, yes, yeah, some bad things uh, came out of it, but in, in the end, you know, we're back to where we want to be, and yeah, we're enjoying life. So yeah, so that's what uh, it means to me. So you were running the aquatic centre at in Ashburton. Sure. Yeah. I, and, um, and, and that I, that just shut, did it? You, you, um, during lockdown, you just closed that. Basically, yeah. Uh, um, it was closed straight away. Basically, we. Um, 
I was um, allowed to go to work and keep an eye on things. We kept everything up and operating um, at, a, at a sort of lower level, but so that when um, we did get out of lockdown, we could actually then start up straight away. So we never we never turned off the heating. Uh, we never turned off the air conditioning or anything like that. We just kept the, the place going, and I went and checked each day and um, kept things running um, and also I was on call for any emergencies or any deliveries you know if there was medical stuff or food or whatever it was I, I was asked to go and help so yeah so so that that's what I did and then when we came out of lockdown you opened the pool but by then you were you were on the way down it took a while for you to get down didn't it it did yeah um we uh took some time to get things sorted uh we had um we had a house down here but we had tenants in it so we had to give them um time to get out, out of the house and then basically i had to give three months notice uh from my role um so yeah so it was a sort of a long process to get down here um and then in, in the interim i was looking for some um work which i you know just to keep me out of trouble so <laughs> Uh, I applied for a uh, a job with the Otago Youth Adventure Trust um, as the operations manager, and I was successful in getting that. So I had something to come down to. So, um, and they were pretty understanding because uh, I sort of got the job prior to uh, Fiona getting ill, and that they continued to say, "Look, when you are ready to come down, come down, and then we would start. They would start the role." So it was a new role, which they um set up and yeah so i i started that so um yeah and i don't know if um any listeners know what the otago youth adventure trust is it's a trust that uh runs two outdoor pursuits camps um one at berwick and one at tautoku so basically schools and groups go there and they they um they stay on site for anywhere from um two days through to a whole week so um and it's a really really um interesting place and it's such a you know great place for um you know um schools to go to and learn about the outdoors and there's lots of lots of activities you can do you know rock climbing you can do abseiling you can go on a, a confidence course you can do kayaking you can do trekking you can do a huge number of things um, at the camps, and uh, yeah, so it's sort of right up my alley. It's, it's you know with sports and kids and those sorts of things, and yeah, no, it's a really good job. So um, I really enjoy it, and you know, um, it, it it keeps me out of Fiona's hair, so that's probably a good thing. <laughs> and anybody that's grown up in Dunedin will have surely spent time at one of or both of Berwick and Tautoku. Oh, I'm pretty sure, you know, like, uh, yeah, talk to yourself and others around that, Steve Clark and um, Jenny Clark and all those and, and Pete Graham, they all know, you know, um, about the camps and, you know, what they were like and, and they all have really fond memories of it, um, of the places, you know, the things they did and, 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 and the life skills that they learnt going to these camps. So, so they, yeah, they really enjoyed themselves and, and I and I, you know, my grandson's been there now, and and he comes back, and and he really liked it. He thought it was pretty cool. So, so yeah, I, I don't think I've heard anyone, you know, um, be negative about the places. I think the only thing that people complain about was sometimes at Tautoku, it can be a bit cold with the snow and stuff like that. But but overall, that the that the experiences have always been positive. 
It's interesting having something which is so deeply ingrained, such a legacy, but also is like being experienced by new people all the time. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's to me is the most amazing part. You know, like you talk to, I guess, talk to you and um, others, you know, around our age that, you know, that they went there and then now that their kids are going there and in some cases their grandkids are going there. So, you know, so it just seems to be an ongoing trend that, you know, no one ever seems to get tired of or bored of. There's, you know, there's always new experiences that people are getting out of it. So, you know, I mean, uh, the future for those sorts of places uh, is pretty strong and pretty bright. And, and looking, you know, from my perspective uh, and the operation side of it, you know, there's there's bookings out to as far as 2024. So, you know, uh, and they're having to book that, that early so they can actually get in. So the interest hasn't waned over all the years. And, and I mean, you know, with the maintenance and the up, updating of the facilities, which is ongoing, um, you know, it, it, it can only get better and, and pe more people will want to use it. So maybe it's time that we, and we, we are looking at options about, you know, putting more bunks and those sorts of things at, at Tautoko Net so that we can actually cater for more people. So, yeah, it's an ongoing and, and, and it's a developing, um, you know, uh, industry for uh, for the trust. So it's, it's good. When did they, when did the camps reopen after the, the lockdowns? Uh, uh, lockdown, when I went to level one, um, that, that we started up again, uh, and, and initially it was a little bit slow, but, um, and, and a lot of the schools decided that they probably weren't going to come. I think it was term, term two and term three, they weren't going to come, but uh, after the first term back at school, they decided, nah, let's get out of here. Let, let's get into it. So the, yeah, so, so the, so the, um, booking started to pick up pretty quickly and, and, and by the end of the year, no, we, we were sort of uh, back to normal and, uh, yeah, things were running really, really well. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Pink, Cover Me in Sunshine. Why this one? Um, it's, it's, it's a really, really nice, catchy tune, and it, it's so nice that um, a mum and a daughter can actually get together and, um, you know, do do something together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it yeah, and it's really nice that Pink would uh, take the time for let, to let her daughter uh, sing with her. Yeah, but it's, it's just a it's just a nice tune, and it just gives me a warm fuzzy when you're thinking about you know mums and kids and you know and, and spending time with them. So I, I just thought it was it's a nice song. I've been dreaming, friendly faces I've got so much time to kill Just imagine people laughing I know someday we will And even 
so you're back in Dunedin. You are operations manager of the Youth Adventure Trust, but that's not yep. all you're doing because you're also a swimming coach. Yep, I am. Yeah, doing a bit of coaching up at Moana Pool, um, where I spent 16 years um, running the place. Um, but prior to me coming back, I had some discussion with Lars Humer, the, the head coach there, and he asked me whether I'd be interested in coming back and doing some coaching, So, which I said, yes, I would be. And so um, when I came back, Lars got me into coaching uh, in the mornings uh, with the Surf Tri Masters group at uh, 7 to 8. That was my first um, you know, um, job with them. So I do that Monday through to Friday. Um, and I'm on call if they are short or they need extra, extra bodies, um, you know, or they go away to a uh, swim carnival or camp or whatever it is, then I just slot in and, and cover cover the bases, you know, which, where they're short. So, yeah, so um, I re I'm really passionate about um, coaching. I, I love doing it. I'm, and, uh, yeah, it, it just gives me, uh, you know, the contact with people and, and kids and watching them develop and grow and, yeah, I mean, that's pretty satisfying when you look at someone and see how much they've improved and, and uh, you know, you know what their their goals and aspirations are. So, yeah, no, I really enjoy that. Um, yeah, I guess if I didn't do anything like that, I'd, I'd get pretty bored and I'd probably be annoying all of the uh, other swimmers, the older ones like you, Sam, and the others and saying we need to go and do a bit more swimming or something like that. So, so it probably keeps me out of your hair and others here as well. How did the swimmers do at the weekend? Was it the nationals this weekend? Uh, it was the uh, Olympic trials. So yeah, so um, they had a really good uh, a good week. There were lots and lots of PBs. Um, we had Erica Fairweather who um, <coughs> qualified again for the Olympics for the 400 free. Um, she broke the New Zealand record for the uh, 17 year old um, 100 freestyle. She did a 55. Five four, I think, or four five, somewhere around there. So you know, so she did really well. And then there was Caitlin Dean. She got a couple of golds. Um, she was a little bit off off on the um, qualifying times, but she's got another opportunity in May to go to Hamilton and and have a crack there. So yeah. So overall, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a very very successful meet. And uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, the the numbers that went up. I think there were twenty two swimmers went up. So it, it bodes well for. Uh, swimming in Dunedin going forward and there's a lot a lot of young talent coming through now and I'd say within the next two or three years uh, yeah um, Dunedin will be one of the you know the, the hubs of swimming in New Zealand so yeah it, everything's going in the right direction for them not going to the Olympics last year did Erica like try and maintain the the level the Olympic level or did they like to sort of drop down and just just like treat it as another year because it'd be really hard to do, uh, wouldn't it? To to be building up over four years, knowing that that was the thing you were going to do. Yeah, I, I think you know from Erica's perspective, she's one of these uh, totally driven um, athletes, and you know, you, you it doesn't matter. You know, a disappointment's a disappointment, and she was she was disappointed for sure. But but she knew that you know if she if she took a foot off the pedal there would be others uh, around the world that wouldn't be and uh you know she could you know potentially could have found herself behind the eight ball but she chose to uh really work herself and uh 
even during lockdown when you know she couldn't swim she was doing you know the exercises and weights and those sorts of things at home and, and making sure that she kept herself fit so she she had the intention that she wasn't going to drop the ball at all and make sure that when when they came out of the other side of it that she was in the best shape she could be and uh, you know it's st starting to show now that she is you know she is um where she should be and you know i mean she's still improving and uh you know i think she's got some um big leaps and bounds to come and you know when you see a girl of that caliber win a 400 freestyle you know by you know nine seconds um with no one pushing her and she can still push herself you just wonder how how well she will go when she actually has got some someone that's you know close to her it'll be a very very interesting um watch when she does when, when someone does get close to her and when when that will be uh it probably will be at the olympics so yeah it'd be interesting to see how well she goes but yeah she's a pretty she's a pretty uh special talent and she's you know she's pretty humble with with it as well she you know she's she's a really good down-to-earth young lady so yeah, and you can only wish her well, really. I know someone else who is a pretty amazing talent in swimming. I'm talking to him. Have you always been a swimmer? Yeah, I, yeah, I've swum right from when I was uh, oh, four or five. Um, I started my swimming career in the Waipa River with my dad. Um, he, we didn't have a swimming pool in Notrahong at the time, um, and my dad always wanted us. Uh, taught kids to swim so we used to get in the Waipa River in the summer and he used to make us swim upstream um, and there was a sort of a um, I don't know uh, you know a prize at the end of it up the top of the stream was this beautiful big um, pond which you could swim around so dad always said that you know once we could swim upstream to the pond then we could then we were capable of going to the pond by ourselves and, and having to swim so so that was always a a driver for me to do that um, and I did that till I was about seven or eight and then we went to the Otrahonga and built a swimming pool a 33 and a 30 meter swimming pool so I then started training with a guy by the name of Bob Browntree and uh, I, I swam with him for a number of years and yeah and, and I've always swum um, right through and I had a uh, four or five years off once I got married and um, um, you know um, had other things to do but the, the the passion just was always there and then you know i just got back into it when i was about 24 25 and yeah i really haven't stopped since and um the only time i've stopped is when i've had you know something go wrong with me but yeah i just enjoy the sport and i just enjoy um the people that you meet through it you know i mean there's some fantastic people that i've met over the years um i'm talking to one of them so yeah and and yeah and 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 Sam and I go out and do stupid things like swim the length of the harbour and those sorts of things. So, and I really enjoy that, and I enjoy the company. It's it, it, it's really good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that. I'd probably be a real right pain in the butt to the owner if I didn't have <laughs> swimming to keep me out, keep me out of her hair. Really. So you go to work twice and you swim, all of them just to keep out of out of Fiona's way. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, three or four hours is, is enough for her to have me around here. <laughs> the, the rest of the time she wants me out of her hair. <laughs> and then she sends you downstairs to do some building in the basement. That's it, yeah, 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 yeah to do the remodel of ba the basement, you yeah, know, so that, that keeps me out of her hair. And, 
um, I, I get called up when you know, when she's made a cup of tea or uh, it's lunchtime and then you know I have my lunch and then I'm kicked back down again until I go to coaching or or go for a lunchtime swim with um, you know the, the the masters crew. So yeah, so, yeah, it's a pretty busy lifestyle, but yeah, I really enjoy it and you know I mean I'm doing I'm doing really what I want to do, so uh, which is really nice. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nga mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, kotahua hau. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universe. And I really hope that wherever you are and whatever is happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are a triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you so here I am driving out to my beloved heart's home Orokunui Eco Sanctuary and got you all safely hands-free so we're all totally fine and of course the wonder of technology allows me to share my voice with you I'm so grateful for these five minutes together thank you and all aspects of our technological development and our creative enterprise remind us of how innately creative, how giving, how cooperative we are as a species. And particularly at this time as we are now more than a year into this shared global pandemic experience, it's more important than ever to remind ourselves to be kind to ourselves and to each other. That Although aspects of our world have changed, although aspects of ourselves have changed, we are still here making things better together with all life in an infinite web. And the more that we can do to really love and appreciate the skills that we each uniquely possess, the more we can express our gratitude for the whole of that web of life that we are part of. The more we can allow ourselves to forgive, let go of the things that we did when we didn't know how to do things in any other way. That we can allow ourselves to be learning always, that we can allow ourselves to be growing always not just as individuals, but societally, culturally. We're all learning together. And the more that we can love and be grateful for this process, the more we can feel that sense of connection, that sense of purpose and that sense of our place within this bigger picture. So I'm very lucky that today I'm being visited by my wonderful eco-warriors from Port Chalmers Kindergarten. I'm 
we're going to be thinking all about our native treasures and going on a treasure hunt looking for very beautiful special native trees and then I'm going to be visited by the wonderful Youth Grow which is a really great organisation that helps young people to connect with nature and horticulture and thereby find a sense of purpose and direction in their lives that may not have been as clearly felt before so I really love their work and I'm really excited and grateful to have them at Orokanui. So I really hope that for you, whatever your day holds, you can have a sense of the contribution that you're making. You can have a sense of how by interacting with others, by supporting others, you are bringing forth one of our most precious qualities, our ability to nurture our ability to create positive loving environments around us and within us and I really hope that in your day you're able to take a bit of time to step back and reflect on that sense of gratitude that sense of love for yourself and for others for all life and I really hope that this brings you strength and energy today. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Steve Prescott. Steve, how's the family going in Dunedin? You, you came back to, to spend more time with the family. You're getting to do that as well? Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, um, coming back, you know, like um, with Fiona and her illness, um, yeah, it was great to be back with uh, um, the family support. Uh, I got two daughters, Kim and Tammy, and um, three grandchildren, um, um, Taya, Micah, and Waleed. So yeah, so yeah, it was lovely to come back there, and it's so nice, you know, like they're you know at, at the most probably ten minutes away, and yeah, they always calling around, and you know we're having we have the kids stay quite a lot, you know, um, which is really really nice, and uh, yeah, it's just so nice to be around those people you know and and i think it's uh probably the best medicine for fiona you know she just loves having the kids around and and the grandkids and you know she dotes on that and i think that you know that that um makes you know um her um issues a little bit easier to deal with knowing that she's got her family around her and 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 that's that's basically uh, what she wants and that was one of the biggest drivers for us to come back to Dunedin was, um, you know, Fiona wanted to be around her kids and grandkids. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you know, family are, are your most important asset. And, you know, I mean, without them, you really don't have anything and your friends. So, yeah, so it's nice to be back um, in this in this you know, fantastic environment. And, you know, living in Dunedin is, you know, we've always loved Dunedin. And, you know, and, and it hasn't changed, you know, even though I've been away from seven years and come back and it's just like, you know, I was here yesterday and probably for the same for the guys that I swim with, you know, they're probably thinking, well, why didn't he go back to Ashburton? But, <laughs> but no, I love it here and I love love what I'm doing. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And this summer you've been popping around the country doing the long-distance swims, the Ocean Series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, I've done quite a number of long swims. Uh, I've done a number with you, Sam. Um, yeah, we've done some stupid stuff in the harbour and I've, I've done the... Oh, we both did the Ruby 10. I did the Wakatipu um, Legends of the Lakes. Um, 
yeah and so i've you know done a, quite a few this year and, and uh, i've really enjoyed those um probably um this year is probably the first time i've really enjoyed uh swimming in the harbor knowing that there's you know someone else that's mad, just as mad as i am well he's probably a little bit madder than i am because he doesn't wear a wetsuit but but you know but yeah i mean that that really and i really enjoy that and i think you know um those are the things that you know you, you get up in the morning for to go and do those that sort of stuff you know um so yeah it's it's been good and you know as 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 a side to that you know it keeps you fit and keeps you active and yeah and that's all you can ask for really what's on the swimming horizon have you got any like big swims lined up yeah, well, we'll see how the um, the pandemic um, pans out. I, I'd really love to go to the World Masters in Japan next year. Um, uh, if that's if that's possible, then I'll, I'll do that. Um, there's uh, you know there's the North Island uh, short course, South Island short course, and nationals coming up in uh, in July, September, and and October. So so there are some good meets coming up, and yeah, but. It's it's really just a waiting game at the moment is to see what's going to happen with the borders and see, uh, you know, when we can travel and and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take any risks associated with that. I mean, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen, and so I'll just play it by ear. And and if things settle down and things get better, then I'll um I'll uh, you know I'll, I'll look at going overseas. But other than that, no, I'll just you know fly around New Zealand and do that sort of stuff. It's still still enjoyable stuff and meeting catching up with everybody so no so the new zealand swimming um masters swimming record books which are in yeah. age groups have got steve prescott with unbreakable records scattering back from when you were about 30 up until now are you going to set some more records that impossible to break if you swam cook straight now oh, that would be, you'd, you'd be the oldest I would be the oldest. Yeah, that that that's on the radar. Um, but we'll yeah. I I I I need to get that sorted out in the next couple of years uh, before I come far too old to do that sort of stuff. But um, but it, it's a matter of getting getting um, you know, someone to follow you across, or, or you've got to do it with Philip Rush. But he's booked up for the next. I think he said three to five years. So. So you know, you know, um, I'll be I'll be over seventy then. So yeah, I'm not sure um, if there's another way of doing it. Then I'm going to have a look at that. But but yeah, that 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 would be one challenge to kick off the bucket list. Um, but other than that, you know, I mean, I, yeah, just just getting in and having to swim is is good for me. I mean, people think I'm nuts because I just like going up and swimming. But you know, it's uh, I guess it's in your blood, and yeah, I just enjoy doing it. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have the Beatles. Here comes the sun. Why this? Um, well, it was probably one of the first songs I heard when I before when I met Fiona, and you know she's always been a ray of sunshine for me. And uh, yeah, so that's that that's where that come from. You know, um, without her and her her sunny disposition, you know, I mean, I probably you know um, yeah, we wouldn't be here, but. Oh, I wouldn't be with her, but yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty lucky, really, when it comes to her. Uh, she's put up with some shit from me, but uh, and all this, I don't, I don't. And I think you've made the comment a couple of times. Yeah, I don't know how she puts up with you, but yeah, she has for 47 years. So I, I think you know, so she's done pretty well, really. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a record. <laughs> Thank you. 
Steve, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last year. I used to say over the last few months, and now it's over the last year. That's gotten scary, hasn't it? So we've seen lots of changes over the last year. What do you think is going to stick, and what do you hope will stick? Oh, uh, you know, I I think, um, well, I think, you know, COVID's going to be here for... uh, for years to come, I think, you know, I mean, you know, with the different strains and those sorts of things that are that are cropping up. And I think, you know, we're going to have border controls um, like the likes what we've not never seen before um, for some time to come. Uh, um, and, yeah, th- th- that, that'll stick, I think. Uh, I think, you know, you know, the scanning and those sorts of things, I really don't know how long that's going to be around for, but I would imagine... Yeah, uh, it will be for probably another two or three years or more and and contact tracing and those sorts of things, which, you know, I mean, at this stage is a good thing, but um, it's got to be a stage where, you know, um, once the vac- vaccinations get up and running and people, you know, um, are, you know, 
got protection against it, I think that 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 could go away. But my my biggest fear or concern is that this probably this um, jab could probably become a yearly jab. I don't know um, because you know there's so many different variations. It's just like the flu jab, and you know it's just going to be another one of those that you get every year. Um, but my my other concern is that those people that don't get the jab, um, are for whatever reason, um, you know, I mean, does that put the rest of us at risk? You know, I mean, that, those are the questions that need to be asked and answered. And then I, I don't, I don't have the answers. And yeah, I mean, that that's you know, that's you know, where I'm at anyway. We, we responded pretty well to the to the pandemic as a society. We saw the threat and did something about it yeah do you think that we might take some lessons from that for the bigger challenges that we face as a society um, climate change or social injustice the, the sorts of things that we can't just fix with oh. a, a magic wand no i i think there needs to be a collaborative approach to it or isn't there really you know i mean you, you we, we've all got to work together i mean you know i mean as they used to call us you know the the group of five million you know i mean if we can do that for the pandemic and there's there's simply no reason why we can't do it for other other you know um <clears throat> things that you know that crop up like climate change or or you know um you know the injustice around you know race and those sorts of things you know we we all need to work together i mean we are you know we are you know, one group, a group of five million. So, so we need to work together. And and I think sometimes we've got to um, get rid of our bias and and just say, right, you've got to look at it from, you know, um, the whole perspective, not just your part of it, not not part, you know, um, your little part of it. That you've got to look at it in its, um, you know, entirety. Because if you don't, you're always going to get segmented, and it's not going it, to, it will never ever work. So you know, you you've got to. You've got to be out there. You've got to be up, you know, upfront about it all, and you've got to make sure that you're you're all working to the same common goal. Okay, and and I think that's where you know we've got to start, you know, breaking these you know these barriers down. And you know, I mean, you know, no one's no one's um, any better than the next person. You know, whether you're white, black, or indifferent, it doesn't make any difference. You know, it, or it shouldn't make any difference. Um, we're all we're all here and we're all in it for the same reasons and i think that's what people got to start realizing is that you know we're we're, we're here you know as a group and we all got to make it work you're an experienced manager experienced leader what's your approach to working with people who aren't you know aren't behaving at work or, or aren't um you know being productive or whatever the appropriate measures are is it, is it to, to try and jolly them along or what's because you I think, yeah. you're you're able to be you're able to be friends with everybody yeah and i think i think the the thing that you've got to look at is you've got to well i, I firstly find out you know um <clears throat> there's always a reason you know why people are are not performing or or um not doing what they what they what what they should be doing you know and and you've just got to you know, you've just got to talk to them and find out, you know, and, and nine times out of ten, as long as you don't come across as aggressive or, you know, um, <clears throat> dictatorial or those sorts of things, you will get people to talk to you. They will eventually talk to you and, and then they will start to give you 
information. Only it might be little bits, you know, here and there, and you just got to work out, you know, what makes them tick, you know. And and we're all different, and each each scenario is totally different. So so you just got to, you know, be there and let people talk, and you know, and don't talk over them and those sorts of things. So I. I always believe that you know there's good in everybody, and and you've just got to find um, out what you know the button that, that you know, the button that you push is the one that, that that makes them go, you know. And and I don't I, I don't seem to have too many issues with it. I mean, um, even even in some of the hard hard ones I've had to work with, you know, you can always get through. You can always talk it out, and you can always understand their side of it. Um, but yeah, but it's no point in just putting up a shutter and saying, nah, this this one can't be helped or whatever it is. So yeah, I, I just think you know we 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 all different. We all have different idiosyncrasies that probably um, piss people off. But at the end of the day, you know, we 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 all we're we're all in it together, and I think we all need to you know be a little bit more tolerant of what you know of people. I think. So I have some questions to end the show with, and oops, not very much time le- left, so we shall have to be quick. What yep. is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? The biggest success I've had in the last couple of years? Oh, good, good question, Sam. I think um, getting um, EA Network Centre in Ashburton um, up from a, a building site to a very uh, successfully run um, facility, I think that's pretty has been pretty self pretty satisfying for me, and and you know knowing that that you know it's going to be uh, continuing the way it's going. So yeah, that that's a pretty big success for me. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in the team. What's the superpower that's got you into our mansion? <laughs> I don't know, Sam. <laughs> I just think. Um, uh, I just I just enjoy people I think and and I just enjoy I just enjoy people being successful um doesn't matter how big or small um and that to me is, is a driving it's not about me even when I'm at, you know at, at Ashburton it wasn't about me it was about the team and and the developing the young ones that coming through to see that they can go on and do bigger and brighter things than what I've done and, and I, I look at that and I and I and I, I mean I could give you a number of probably ten people that have yeah, that I've, I've you know taught over the years and and where they are today and 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 that gives me so much satisfaction knowing that you know they've achieved more than what I've achieved which I think uh, is great you know also for superpowers you have no pain receptors <laughs> yeah the- pain's my friend really <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> do you consider yourself to be an activist no, I'm not an activist. I mean, I I, I, I believe that you know I'm I'm in it for the good of everybody. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I I'll I'll champion any cause, you know, um, yeah, as long as I believe that it's it, it's where it should be going or what it, what it, what it's about, as long as it's going to benefit you know benefit either the community or the or the country or the world as a whole. Then I, you know, I, I'm I'm keen to go down that track. But no, I'm, I'm not an activist at all. So, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, watching people achieve. Uh, you know, um, going up to the pool and watching people turn up, and uh, you know, want, wanting to swim and wanting to do things like that, or going out to 
you know, to the camp and watching kids go through the confidence course and those sorts of things. Um, you know, I love getting up in the morning. I love going to the pool. I love just meeting people and talking to people and, and watching people, well, supposedly enjoy themselves when they're in the water. They probably enjoy it more when they get out of it. But, you know, it, it's good to see those sort of people. And, and I just I just enjoy, you know, um, you know, communicating with people and, and, and as, as a, you know, people in the community. It's really good. I, I love it. So what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Um, I'd really like to be around for uh, the, the swimming um, up at Moana and to see the squad develop and to see, um, you know, Dunedin become one of the um, swimming hubs of New Zealand again, like it was when Duncan Lang and those uh, those people were around. And, I, you know, I think they've got the right mix at the, you know, in the coaching um, team and I just yeah that would be something fantastic to see it back to where it was you know it went around the Daniel Loaders and um, Jonathan Duncans and all those those times I think that would be pretty special and you know and the other thing is that um, I, you know, my wife um, gets to be uh, as healthy as she was before you know and that, that would be uh, something pretty special for me We all hope that and yeah. What a, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, no, I just think, you know, you, you've got to enjoy your life. You've got to enjoy what you're doing. Um, and, you know, um, there's, there are going to be times where, you know, it, things don't go the way you want them to go. And I just think you just got to, you know, you just got to go with it. Um, um, n- nothing's ever going to go right all the time, but you know, um, take take some learnings out of the bad stuff and then add it to the add it to the good stuff because uh, we always learn we always learn from bad bad experiences. And I just think we just need to be a little bit more tolerant of things and um, yeah, not you know. I mean, I think we've become a, 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 a you know a society of being impatient a little bit, and I think we just got to be a little bit more tolerant and just. Just relax a little bit and don't get too fast-paced about things. You know, I mean, if you can't get it done today, it'll be there tomorrow. So it's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to be the end of the world. Steve, thank you very much for joining me. No problem. Pleasure.
conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Ludemar Wainwright III, The Swimming Song. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I've been joined by Steve Prescott in Caversham, Dunedin. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.